0: Two peas and a, a bongs and a bong.
1: Two peas and a bong. Two peas Two and a bong. and a bong.
0: Two peas and a bong.
2: all right y'all uh two peas and a bong at it again it's your boy dp it's your boy kp also known
1: as kevin Patton. what's happening what's happening what's happening it's your boy bong first
2: things first man we we uh didn't give a wrap up on the super bowl so um i want to get some thoughts from you fellas on how that turned out. I know we have some predictions that didn't quite turn out the the way the storybook ended. Um, so just let me know how – did you guys watch the game? What you thought about the game? Did you have some money on the game? What's up? Uh, I did
0: watch the game. Um, I was a little disappointed in the halftime show, although when Jennifer Lopez was sliding down that damn pole – I was like, this is about to be the new standard for female entertainers. Beyonce is going to learn how to do this shit. Um, I also was thinking about the fact that it was Black History Month and they had the damn Latinas on there. That shit was killing me. <laughs>
2: but getting back to the game. And, and before, if since you're going to touch on that, you might as well say how Janet Jackson was crucified for the nippage shown, uh, but they on here basically giving you a damn, you know. I
0: don't know. I'm still mad that I missed that damn Nip show. It was a uh, DP. It was you and and Johnny in the damn living room. And I remember I decided to go in my room and clean up my room at halftime, and missed the damn Nip show. So I missed the Janet Jackson's titty being exposed. Man, still probably. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: were you about to say though, Uban? You said it wasn't what?
1: I said they were in Miami, so. If you're in Miami, Miami has a Latin flavor to it, so that's probably why they went with Jennifer Lopez and um, Shakira, just because it it was it was a Miami type vibe. I think Pitbull might have came out, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Like it was a Miami vibe. So essentially, I mean, every Super Bowl is going to be on black in Black History Month. So I mean, they're not always going to have black performers, but I think. Just based on the geographics of the Super Bowl, they picked Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, you know, to to cater to that fan base. So, I'm, I mean, I'm OK with it. Knowing it, the real football fans, we're not watching. we not watching the Super Bowl. I watch. didn't watch. I didn't oh, watch. It was, the, was
0: Ricky Martin.
2: I was waiting for. Ricky. I didn't watch the halftime show. I didn't
1: watch that shit. I did yeah. not watch the halftime show. So, yeah, me, me neither. You know, like I said, we not. Real football fans not watching to watch the halftime show. Uh, As far as the game itself, um, I think it was, man, it was contrasting styles. And, you know, like they say, styles make fights, styles make games, too. Um, That pass rush for San Francisco was consistent. And I think over the first three quarters, um, I don't know. They forced Kansas City to play a game that they're not used to playing Kansas City was playing a short game right you know because san francisco was giving up everything in front of them, so a lot of five yard ten yard gains and i think the longer the drives went the more opportunities the pass rush had to get home and uh it started killing them but in in that fourth quarter when they actually make the comeback you started seeing the chunk plays and i think you know like um, i had a discussion with a few of my 49ers fan friends you know mike williams huge 49er fan we just talked about it about it for about an hour yesterday like bro in the fourth quarter those big pass rushers them big 300 pound dudes guess what they get tired so in the fourth quarter you've been bull rushing a 300 pound lineman and getting chipped by a running back for three quarters you know what i'm saying the human body's not made to go that hard for four straight quarters damn near three hours um, yeah. In real time, so I just think that they they got tired, and when they got tired, and they couldn't get home as quickly, uh, that back seven got exposed. You know, Rich Sherman, um, Javarsky Tart, like all those dudes. You know, they have the best defensive line I've probably seen in the last eight to ten years. But that back seven, they got exposed. I mean, yeah, they
2: were they were controlling the first three quarters. Uh, it looked like San Francisco was about to to win. Take that. Yeah, it looked like they were about to take that. Take yeah. that, take that. Yeah, but for yeah. real, it was like I was fully expecting it to be like oh, Kansas City is done. Um and they were one play away from being done. Like had you know, had they, you know, one drive stopped or one another turnover, it might have gone into the 49ers' favor. It was a it was a it was closer than what the score the, yeah. yeah, because that last that last run by Williams um that is what kind of, you know, separated it score wise and kind of shut the door. Uh but speaking of that, man, we were we had a brief discussion on, you know, the MVP situation and um you know, it was a little bit of back and forth on that. But but Uban, you said you clearly think that it should have been Patrick Mahomes.
1: Clearly. And I'll say it I'll say it like I think it was Reggie Bush that said it. If you take Patrick Mahomes out of that game, Kansas City does not win that game. If you take Damian Williams out of that game and you put another running back in that game, Kansas City still wins that game. Um Damian Williams, you take away, you take away that 40 yard run at the end of the game. He he ran for 60, maybe 60, 65 yards. 65 yards. He had a um a receiving touchdown for six yards. Okay. You know, there's like, an
2: argument for
1: him. I mean, there is an argument for him. There's an argument for him, but let's be for real. <laughs> with the big play, there were two big plays in that fourth quarter. It was a third and seventeen, Mahomes with uh Bosa on his on his bumper, flat footed, threw that shit forty four yards to uh to Tyreek Hill. That's on third and seventeen, Damian Williams. You had nothing to do with that. You made some good plays. Everybody out there, I mean, if if we look at it like that, uh, then Tyreek Hill could have went for, you know, Tyreek Hill could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Listen, I, I mean, if
2: we're playing if we're ball. playing it that way, I could say Patrick Mahomes had nothing to do with Williams running except for handing him the ball. What is I mean, what are we saying? No, no, no. I'm just saying there's a valid argument for Williams. that You can't just say he, you know, there's no argument at all for him. Like I think he his name was in the hat. DP.
1: Nobody was giving damian williams the mvp we all know uh, that i gave it to him <laughs> you tell me
2: if you tell me that there's no argument for him i didn't i didn't say okay mahomes d- didn't deserve or whatever mahomes was it was in the mix too okay you give it to mahomes obviously he's the quarterback he made some plays he was he was a contributor for uh what three three of the touchdowns I mean, he threw for two of them. He ran, you know. I'm not saying that he's not. Whatever the case may be, but if you're telling me that there's no argument at all for Damian Williams, then you only watched the halftime show and you said you didn't watch it,
1: (laughs) bro. There is no, there is no more disrespectful thing. There's no more disrespectful thing in sports than saying, "Oh yeah, this person, you know, this person got some votes." Like, oh yeah, this person. Like, if you have the clear MV, This person's an MVP, but you say, you know what? He didn't win, but let's make an argument that he, he you know, he could have won. Yeah, he could, like, he I, wasn't gonna I, I'm win. telling you, I'm telling you, if
2: you' sitting up here telling me there's no argument for nobody else but Mahomes, no, no, no. What the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying,
1: DP. The argument, <laughs> okay, there's, there's an argument, there's an argument for Chris Jones, there's an argument for Tyron Matthew. there's an argument for Damian no. Williams.
2: Ubang, Come on, no. now you, now you stretching no. and reaching. If you, what? If, listen, what I'm saying is Damian Williams was in the mix, made some key plays. He was responsible for key pivotal moments in the game. He was. I don't care if you if you sitting up here saying he wasn't the quarterback, he wasn't throwing touchdowns, so he had nothing to do with throwing the Tyreek Hill. He was in the mix on key pivotal plays in but, the game.
1: But that's what I'm trying and,
2: to – And the one that closed the door. I'm just but, saying.
1: But but that's also what I'm trying to tell you is that Chris Jones on defense made some huge back-to-back stops that if he doesn't make those plays, they then, don't
2: have to drive. When is the last
1: time a defensive player won the MVP of the Super Bowl? Please tell me. If we're making an argument for somebody, that's what. It, that's the. That's what I'm trying to tell you. As as silly as you're trying to tell tell me that it sounds that Chris Jones was gonna get votes for the MVP is how silly I'm telling you that Damian Williams sound with you saying that he was going to get votes I don't give a fuck about making an argument for somebody winning the MVP he wasn't going to win the MVP it's that simple it's simple he wasn't he wasn't going to win it but if you sitting up
2: here you sitting up here trying to make it seem like oh he did this but whatever oh yeah he ran that 40 yards but whatever he caught that touchdown for to go ahead but whatever now what the fuck are you saying what are you saying I'm saying (laughs) If we, Patrick if Mahomes we, won it. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but it's like if you're telling me that Williams doesn't, that's like just crazy to mention him in in a discussion for the MVP. It's crazy to mention him.
1: Okay, so if that's you, what I'm asking you, it's crazy you to want, mention him. If you want to give him the others deserving votes, then that's fine. But what does it at the end of the day, if you tell me, hey, man, you got a couple votes, man. What does that get me? Do I get a Do I get the truck or the the, the car? That comes with it listen,
2: or, let, let me let me turn it over to Kevin. You? Do let I get me it? turn it over to Kevin because he's the one who actually said that Williams should win it? So really, I'm I'm of the mindset of I'm not even saying that Mahomes because I think okay when you break it down, there's a great argument for Mahomes, and I'm not even mad at him getting the MVP. But Kevin says that he's giving it to Williams. And I'm just I'm saying okay, there's an argument for Williams. So Kevin, I let me turn the stage over to you because you you're <laughs> oh, giving you're actually giving it to Williams. So
0: um going into the Super Bowl, the storyline were the two quarterbacks Garoppolo and Mahomes, and I thought both of the running backs, the running back from San Francisco, Raheem Mostert and our Mostert and Damian Williams. I thought that those were the best two players offensively on the field for each team in that game. I, I thought that Damian Williams was better than Mahomes. I thought Mahomes made some key plays at, at at key moments, but I also thought that Damian Williams did the same thing. And then I even took it a step further. I said, man, well, go to the fantasy football points. <laughs> the fantasy football points, aren't going to lie. Who has more fantasy football points? It was probably Damian Williams. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was because you have to remember Patrick Mahomes ran one in so if it's yeah you know, he's a running he back he ran
2: in through yeah, yeah he threw for what two and ran one in that's why I said that's why I was saying he's re- he was responsible for three oh, touchdowns but then you five, got you
1: got Williams who's responsible for two here's the okay. funny thing JP. so if you take away if you take away Williams 40 yard run that and all they were doing at that time was just killing the clock Right. And San Francisco was so defeated. They they gave up a touchdown. You take away that 40 yard run up to that point. He had about he had about six almost 70 yards rushing. He had 70 yards rushing, no touchdown. He had a pass, uh, a receiving touchdown. OK, Patrick Mahomes, before he knelt, before he tried to kill the clock at the end of the game, he had about 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. He I literally agreed. lost about 15 yards just taking you remember when he was uh when no he no, trying, I know I know when he was he trying to kill the clock yards, so at the end of the right. game told in the stats that he had about 29 yards rushing because he lost 15 yards in the last two two or three plays. so if you really want to talk about it, he minus the 40 <laughs> yard run, him and Damian Williams had the damn near the same rushing yards and he had a touchdown okay. so, so
2: but let, let, let me ask you this let me ask you this because you watch a lot of sports. You watch a lot of football. You also watch a lot of commentary and you re- you respect a lot of these folks in the industry with the commentary because, you you know, we talk about a lot of this stuff. I want to ask you, what was the consensus of all of those people? What did they say about Patrick Mahomes for the first three quarters? What did they say?
1: He, he wasn't playing his best game.
2: What did, they were saying he was bad for yeah. the first three quarters. Yep. So essentially, we're looking at the fourth quarter then. Yep. So in the fourth quarter, you got Williams who scores two touchdowns and Mahomes who turns it on as well. So if we're looking at the fourth quarter, that snapshot, there is a, a strong argument for both. I don't care what you say. You keep saying, take this away, take that away. Well,
1: OK, yeah, take not. the first three quarters away then. I'm not going go to the fourth. Let's not let's not take anything away. What I'm saying is And let's not that your a lot of your argument was based on take this away, take no, that away, I mean, if, and if, if, let's if put it all the, on the board. I'm saying if that's the case, then let's take nothing away. Williams, if you ask me, he was responsible for two fourth down conversions. That was huge. Um he converted on the fourth and one on the goal line that scored their uh that gave him their first touchdown. And I believe he had another fourth and one or yeah, I think it was another fourth and one in, in the fourth in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Mahomes had a fourth so, so down did, conversion. Dewayne like he one two touchdowns or three touchdowns? Two. Two. Okay. Okay. So he ran one in late and then the one that he caught from Mahomes and the um and the so both his touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. The one he caught and then the one that he ran, he ultimately ran in. Um so like I said, hey, I'm just I'm not a fan of, you know, I'm not a fan of, hey, this guy deserves votes or you know, he's in the argument for. I
2: I mean I listen when we started the conversation, you said you said Mahomes, Kevin said Williams, so I'm sitting up like, well, let's break it down, and and I'm just saying there's I'm saying there's an argument for both. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. But you're breaking it down to saying, "Well, if a guy gets to – nah." I'm saying you were on one side of the fence, and Kevin's on the other side. I hear your argument, but I didn't hear much of what Kevin had to say. So, you
1: yeah. know, I don't know. 133
0: yeah. total yards, two touchdowns. There's nothing
2: more to say. Those sound like MVP numbers. Okay. All right. Well, look. The bottom line is Mahomes did win. Mahomes did win. So, um. <laughs> That, listen, all respect to him, and we were talking about black quarterbacks, right? We we were thinking or hoping that it would come down to, at least on the um AFC side of the game, that it would come down to him and Lamar Jackson. And then we were also hoping for, we were hoping it would come down to Russell Wilson coming out of the NFC. I think Ubine was saying his heart was with Russell Wilson coming out, but he was really Banking on San Francisco being a a representative from the NFC. Um, What we only had Mahomes as a black quarterback representative. So, shout out to him. He actually made it happen. So, congratulations. Um, Recently, though, there's been a lot of talk about black quarterbacks. And I think this is the perfect time um, to have this discussion, especially with um, the undefeated on ESPN just dropped uh, the show the year of the black quarterback. So let's kind of let's kind of get into that, man. If I um if I ask you guys, what does Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning have in common?
0: Pocket passers. And they are you know, they throw a lot of touchdowns. They are uh, at the top of the NFL for all-time uh touchdown passing leaders.
1: I'd say um they're all statues in the their statues in the backfield. Uh, No mobility, Uh, the generation or what's the generation in the work in the workforce that's retiring right now? The baby boomers. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd be like the NFL's version of the baby boomers. Right. They're on their way out. So and, you know, there's a vacuum that needs to be filled. Um, And I think we have a new generation of quarterbacks that are in a position to do that.
2: Okay. Okay. So what if I told you guys the more obvious thing is that they're all not black? Oh, they're not. So if I ask if I ask you guys to give me some associations with black. If I just said throw black out there and give me an association, you might say cat, widow, panther, maybe crow, maybe a tuxedo, you may even say a damn church shoe. <laughs> But black and quarterback wouldn't be near the top of that list. Let's say things have changed now. But let's think of the mindset of just the NFL in general and just to think of black quarterbacks. They have never thought of black quarterbacks as someone they want to give the ball to to lead a team. As someone who they want at the forefront of their organization, the face of their organization, as someone who has the ability to to think and lead an organization because uban we've said plenty of times before when we had these discussions you've referred to it as the what thinking position
1: this is true The coach
2: the coach on the field the leader right the leader on the field so i want to start off by just just throwing out the panel for this show okay it was a it was a very good show very good show um well put together so you had um First of all, you had you had your boy Wale,
1: Uban. Hey, let me say something real quick. <laughs> Sue me. I'm rooting for everybody. Black should be like the new anthem for if not just 2020 until we find something better than that. Like that needs to they, they need to make that the unofficial black anthem. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody black. Listen, that shit hits home so much because if you think about it and not to cut you off, D.P., but if you think about it, if I turn on the boxing match right now and I see a black dude and a white dude or a black dude and a Mexican dude, I don't know, neither one of them, man, give me the black guy. <laughs> Straight up. No disrespect. No, no disrespect. no disrespect. Roll with the brother. <laughs> yeah. You, you going gonna to roll with your own. And that's in any sport, tennis, boxing, MMA. Um, we rooted for Tiger just on a strength that he had, that he was half, or he didn't even associate with being black, but he was black. And we roll with him. So if mm-hmm. you black, it's just a, it, it's that is that's like one of those common sense laws. Like if I see a black person, I'm rooting for you first. I want mm-hmm. I want to see you win. So that that song, Sue Me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That needs to be the unofficial black anthem, at least in sports, college, professional, amateur, like, you know, music, all that shit, man, because that shit like it really hits home, man. That's first and foremost. I'll take that i'll take that um all right so man just just keeping the forward
2: motion with that uh the show was really good man um they covered a lot um i thought the panel up there was was a good a great panel man um they had jason reed he's a he's a senior n f l writer for the undefeated um he was kind of um conducting the show um you have william c roden who's a writer and columnist for the undefeated. Um, and he actually had a book that my little brother, um, it was one of the books he suggested that we read, uh, $40 million slaves. Um, so that's one that we might get into and uh, have an episode where we break that down as well. Um, Jocena Anderson was a part of the panel. Um, she's an ESPN reporter and, uh, one of their NFL insiders. love uh, her black. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's solid man. Um, a uh, Victor Cruz, who's a former NFL wide receiver. Um, he, He's primarily on NFL Live, um, and then you have uh, you had Quincy Avery. He's a quarterback consultant. Was the title they listed for him? But he referred to himself as a quarterback developer. So he worked with a lot of the um, quarterbacks, upcoming quarterbacks, uh, just on their skills and um, techniques and stuff like that. Uh, then you had Deshaun Watson up there, who you know, hey, he's a representative of the new school of black quarterbacks. You know, one of one of the uh, four quarterbacks who were in the playoffs. You know made it made a playoff run this year so it was good to see him up there the one i was um for yeah the your, your dark horse yeah um and then uh Kristen campbell and she's in she's an nfl agent so i mean you kind of had a plethora of folks you know from different different fields you got agents former players writers you know so um i thought the panel i thought the panel was good man um and So I wanted to point out something just back to the, we were talking about the quarterback position itself and just it being a thinking position. So uh, William Roden made the comment of um, folks not looking or these organizations not uh, looking to black men to be quarterbacks because they don't see them having the leadership, the courage, intelligence, and grace under pressure. Um, I think that's, more than changed at this point but if you go through the history um, and this is not even to say that these folks who came before weren't capable of doing the things um, that these players are doing now it's just there were limited opportunities uh, and there was less value so to speak put on black men as quarterbacks like now it's kind of like you see more you see more people getting opportunities but if you go back in history there was uh fritz pollard um he was the first black quarterback in 1923 and i mean let's think about what kind of beating he was probably taking back in 23 yeah you know what i'm saying like come on
0: they had the damn leather helmets no real face mask a paper chin
2: strap, you getting hit, stepped on after the play. Yeah, I mean but just think about the climate off the field, like you, they're probably trying to kill him.
1: Yeah. I was uh, reading and I wish I would uh, remembered exactly where I got it from so I could have cited the person that uh, said it, but there was a news clipping from back when um, Pollard played and it stated that At that time, they didn't want to see black athletes um, show their superior skills to over white athletes. So they were bringing him down by any means necessary. And again, like you said, the rules, there's no roughing the passer and there's no, you know, uh, 15-yard penalties and this, that, and the third uh, back then. Because this is, you know, he was actually... He was actually the first he he played quarterback in 1923. He was the first black NFL player in 1920. So when the league when the NFL began in 1920, he was the first black NFL player. He became the first black NFL coach in 1921. And he would be the first black NFL coach. The next one wouldn't come until 1989. That's crazy. This is coach or quarterback
0: coach. This is that's crazy. And I mean, you think about the era that he played in. That's before Brown versus the Board of Education. That shit is still separate facilities. It's separate but equal in America. So this this is a divided America.
2: Yes. yes. This
0: this dude can't use the same facilities as his teammates. Nothing. So he's totally isolated. And then All on right. the field, they're supposed to be protect. Like, I don't even understand where the if there was camaraderie, how there <laughs> was camaraderie, because you're not even sharing the same facilities.
2: That's yeah, oh, that's tough,
0: man. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I say, you can own. I mean, you can't even imagine what the hell was going on on that field what was being done physically, what was being said verbally, like Mm -hmm. totally different kind of climate. Um, But then you go, you, you, you go into the sixties. So in 68 and the show covered all the, the show covered, it covered this stuff. So then you had, they did mention Marlon Briscoe. He played for the Denver Broncos in 68 and he's considered the first black quarterback to start a game in the modern era. Correct. Um, Then you had uh, Eldridge Dickey. Who did he play for? The Raiders. I think he played for the Raiders. Um, But then they fast forwarded to uh, Warren Moon. Um, Hmm. So, you know, Warren Moon coming out of the University of Washington, he was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. Um, So he was killing it. Hold on.
0: Shout out to Warren Moon being an L.A. native. (laughs) Let's throw that out there. Hamilton High School, Shout out to War Moon. That's L.A. We play.
2: Yeah. Out. So, so he was he was killing it, man. He was killing it. Um, but he, you know, they they had an interview, um, clipping with him on there, and he said that he basically ran a slower forty time because he heard the chatter about them trying to convert him to a different position so he didn't want them to be looking at him as a receiver and as a speedy guy so he purposely ran slower so he would still be considered in that quarterback category so that's crazy yeah and they were talking about you know black folks dumbing down their talents to get consideration you know as just a quarterback and not not a receiver, a running back, or whatever else they want to convert him in, a la Lamar Jackson, you know. Um, but just, you know, so Warren Moon wasn't even drafted. He went to the CFL. Yeah. Can't. Went to the CFL and won five consecutive championships over there. The Great Cup. Five consecutive Great Cups over there. Five consecutive. And then he went to the Oilers. Doug Williams, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And a Super Bowl MVP. Then, then you go to Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was something different, man. He was something else. He was he was the vic of those times, man. Freak, freak athlete had a gun of an arm, cannon yeah. of an arm, crazy. Even in his old age with the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he had some crazy runs too. He had some crazy runs. Um, then you know they didn't say much about uh, Steve McNair, but. Steve McNair was a was a He's solid a QB him. too. He put in some work. Um Donovan McNabb. Shout Donovan out Donovan McNabb put Yeah, Donovan McNabb put in some work. Put in some work. It was a showdown between him and this next guy I'm gonna mention, Michael Vick. Hmm. They had a showdown to go to the Super Bowl. And McNabb came out on top. But then, you know, coming from Michael Vick, then you have the Colin Kaepernicks and all those folks. Um they mentioned that five of the top seven passers for this past season were black yeah Russell Wilson Dak Prescott Deshaun Watson Lamar Jackson Patrick Mahomes five of the top seven you know what I'm saying so and then Russell Wilson 31 Dak Prescott 26 Watson 24 Lamar Jackson 23 Mahomes 24 these guys are going to be around
0: a long time. Yeah. These guys
2: are going to be around. I mean, you have Russell Wilson, he's a little older, and then if you look at someone who came in with him like a Cam Newton, Cam Newton's 30. Um but then another young guy who wasn't in that pack, uh James Winston, he's 26. Um
1: but I think he, he had might the league in passing yards if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Man, you talking about uh Winston? Yeah. Yeah. The the knock on him
2: is just he just the many interceptions yeah he's the 30 for 30 30 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions (laughs) (laughs) the real 30 for 30 yeah (laughs) but but so i want to i want you guys to kind of you know just give me your thoughts on the whole situation um and just let me know like what, what do you think do you are you do you feel like this is the prime time for this particular topic do you see this being sort of like the takeoff for black quarterbacks going forward? Um, you know, the torch has been passed, and are these young guys going to take it and dominate for years to come? Um, Yeah, they, they are going to take the torch and dominate for a long time
0: because more and more coaches are starting to become open um, with the thought of a black quarterback leading the organization. I mean, people want to win. And putting your, you know... They 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 tried to dumb it down and minimize it with the Wildcat, but you know, the Wildcat was only used for the quarterback to run or are just a running quarterback. But when you got a quarterback that can run and pass and they're a dual threat, it it is hard to stop them. Uh I think about when Vic came to the league and they had the spy when they would they would have the linebacker or the safety spy on Vic, and even the spy wasn't fast enough so w- with that vic kind of opened the door because it made defensive coordinators change their way of thinking in terms of how defense was played in football and you know with that more and more players watch vic and now you have guys like the the, the lots of a lamar jackson who is you know not a, maybe a step slower than vic but elusive just like Vic, to say the least, and can throw the ball. You know, I I think his arm, as far as his accuracy, is better than Michael Vick's. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's gonna the game is gonna continue to evolve, and you're not gonna have a choice but to go and get black quarterbacks. Um, Bill Parcells was one where back in the day, what he used to do is he would go to um, uh, um, HBCUs. And he would scout at HBCUs and get black players um for special teams positions. Um as in like like he got Dave Meggett. Um and so like they've always they've always looked at us as the trend setters and the game changers, and now they're looking at us as the, the game changers, the game changers at the quarterback position, and they're gonna continue to do that. And, and it they- probably hurts.
1: It probably
2: hurts him to do it.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Are they looking at us as the the, the trendsetters and the, the game changers? I, I think I think these young dudes are forcing
2: their hand. I think it's like you can't deny. Lamar Jackson made it to where you can't deny him. Mahomes, you can't deny him. Watson, you can't. Russell Wilson, you can't. It's like they are putting in work, and they're showing there the cream of the crop. So it's like. Whether they want to or not, it's almost like the hand is being forced. You want to keep your job. <laughs> coaches want to keep their jobs.
1: Yeah, they can They they can keep their jobs, but the coaches on the field, I don't think the coaches on the field are as big a problem as it is the GMs. Yeah, have the GMs that a lot of them are of that good old boy mentality. Um, these are guys – so Pat Mahomes – went 10th right uh Deshaun Watson went did he go 12th I think he went 12th like there were still they were still matter of fact let me look up that draft because it was two I think um um you were right
2: about the Patrick Mahomes being number 10 and Watson 12 but the one who was taken above them at number two overall because Miles Garrett was number one overall in that okay, draft. Okay. Okay. But right. the quarterback who was taking number two was Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Money Trubisky, yeah. So Trubisky Money was. Mitch, yeah. And I mean, would you take Trubisky over
1: <laughs> any of those right now? You know, like 2020 vision, baby. Right. Hey. <laughs> 2020 vision. Right. Right. Fuck right. No, I'm not taking Mitchell for Trubisky. He said, uh, "Don't call me Mitch. It's Mitchell. <laughs> I'm not thinking Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson or P Mahomes, man. Fuck that." So I'm, I'm gonna get into my DP. I'm gonna get into my DP bag real quick, and I'll say that um, in order to understand the relationship between the league and the black quarterback, um, I think you have to go back and and look at the relationship between the league and the black player when the league began. So I went and I looked at the history of the NFL NFL came about in 1920. Um, first black players, the first black football players were, uh, Fritz Pollard and Bobby Marshall, right? Like I said earlier, Fritz became the first black coach and he will remain the only black coach in the NFL until the year 1989. So he became the first black coach in 1921, 1923. He became first black quarterback because he played multiple positions. Um, so spring forward in about 1927 they uh, there was a another league that that was uh, that was out it dismantled so a lot of white players became available when these white players became available the players that were in the that were in the NFL pre uh, pre World War II they started to get rid of them they kicked all the black people out of the league because they had white people that were available from this other league that folded now you have black people that were kicked out of the league that were players in the league got kicked out of the NFL you would still get a spattering of like one or two. But 1932, George Preston Marshall entered the league as the owner of the Boston Braves slash Washington Redskins. He refused to have black athletes on his team and pressured the rest of the league to follow suit. What does that sound like? Collusion, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he said, I don't want black players. And he urged the rest of the owners of teams in the NFL to follow suit. Collusion was a, a collusion was happening back in 1932 and if you can if you tell me that it's not happening still today, I'm gonna call you a liar. Um, so in, in comes the Great Depression in 1933. Black people were not allowed to be in the NFL because there was more of a social backlash. It was the Great Depression and white America could not stand to see the black athlete making more than white men were making during the Great Depression. So black people, they tried to form the Negro Football League. Um, it wasn't as successful. Some say that they were trying to compete with the NFL. So uh, come 1946, they integrated. That's when uh, integration started with the um, reintegration started where you know they started bringing in black players. So you have to think about that. Black people have been Castigated by the NFL from the origin of the NFL, same white owners. We still hold the players, the um, you know the white players, to a on a higher level. We still require more of the black players, and at the end of the day, they're just athletes. They're not thinkers. They're not leaders. They're expendable. So, just some of the other stuff I looked up. It wasn't until nineteen. Excuse me. It wasn't until two thousand seventeen that you had all Super Bowl-era teams, so teams that existed during the Super Bowl era that had started a black quarterback. The last team to do it was uh, the New York Giants when they benched Eli Manning and brought in Geno Smith for like, I think he might have started for like one or two weeks. One week. I think it was one week because they brought Eli back the following week. So 2017, when Geno Smith started one game for the New York Giants, at that point, finally, all 32 teams had started a black quarterback. Let yeah, that and in. that was crazy. That Let was that crazy. In. And and when he started, he got
2: death threats and all kinds of shit. Like, it was an uproar just because he was, he was starting for the Giants. Motherfuckers didn't like it. He said it was his Jackie Robinson
1: moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yeah, man. DP, you talked about um, Marlon Briscoe, right? Yes. Played for the Denver Broncos, 1968. He was the first starting black quarterback. They converted him to wide receiver the next season. They traded him to the Buffalo Bills, converted him to wide receiver. I believe it may have been – was it Warren Moon? I don't know if it was Warren Moon or if it was um Doug Williams that said – they were in college, or they were younger, and they saw him, Marlon Briscoe, as a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, and they were like, okay, cool, there's hope. Like, there's hope for the black quarterback. And then the next year, they converted him to wide receiver, and they were like, damn. You know? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Tony Dungy, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. He was a quarterback in Minnesota in college. Yeah. They converted his ass to a DB. Yeah. They converted him to DB to get in the league. I mean, I have a list of black quarterbacks that got converted.
2: You know what I'm saying?
1: Man, Hines Ward, Randall Cobb, Antoine Randall-L, Mike Robinson. They converted him to fullback. Uh, Braxton Miller. (laughs) I mean, shit. There's a bunch. There's a... There's a bunch of people that a, a bunch of what ifs, like what if that person would have got a chance, would have mm-hmm. got a shot, that person would have got a shot. But it's just for years. They just couldn't get past. They couldn't they couldn't get past. Seeing the seeing the black player as an athlete only like, man, that motherfucker is strong. Mm-hmm. Man, that motherfucker is quick. That motherfucker is elusive. But everything they thought of the black athlete was from the shoulder down, from the neck down. You know what I'm saying? From right. the neck up, they didn't respect them, and that 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 um that phrase you used earlier, Kev, the dual court, the dual threat. Mm-hmm. That's how they categorize them as dual threat, dual threat quarterbacks, as opposed to just listen. If I'm a great quarterback, motherfucker, well, I'm just a great quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of my tools, but don't call me a dual threat quarterback. Like, as a quarterback, your job is to what? Run the offense, right? You're managing the offense. You're running the offense. You're getting first downs by any means necessary, whether you can get them on your feet, get it with your arm. You know, if you have, you know, whatever Peyton Manning, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers technically is a running quarterback. You've never heard them call him a dual threat. Aaron Rodgers will get on his horse and, and get going if he has to. Mm-hmm. Seen it multiple times. Steve Young was a running quarterback. John Elway, I was gonna was say a, John
2: Elway was a running John quarterback. Elway
1: was a running quarterback. You've never I have never ever in my life, not once in my fucking life heard them called a dual threat quarterback. They're just called quarterbacks. But for the black athlete it's got to be, "Hey man, this this dude is a a dual threat, a dual threat quarterback." What the fuck does that mean? Like I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? But it's a tough you talked about Donovan McNabb. I watched Donovan McNabb. I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan. He's a, he spent the majority of his career in the NFC East. And I used to look at Donovan McNabb, especially like towards the um towards the end of his career. And I'm like, wow, like they really they really tried I don't know if it was him, if it was his coaching or it was somebody in his camp. They really wanted Donovan McNabb to be a pocket passer. So I started seeing, like, why is McNabb like, doesn't run anymore? Like, he just wants to sit in the pocket and kill you from the pocket. Like, bro, if you have an ability, if part of your ability is that you can get on your horse and go, why the fuck won't you just get on your horse and go? It
0: was it was said he uh, he stopped running as much once he tore his ACL. That's that's what it was said.
1: When the fuck did he tear his ACL?
2: Um, I have to go back and look that up. He was a beast in college, man. He was killing at Syracuse. Um you want to talk about dual threads. He actually he was playing basketball and football <laughs> for yeah. Syracuse.
0: Another quarterback name, I don't know if y'all mentioned this, uh Joe Gilliam. I heard a story about Joe Gilliam. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers um back in nineteen seventy. And he was the uh actually he was the first African American um quarterback to start a season opener after the afl nfl merger okay and uh, he played for the pittsburgh steelers um i remember them talking about him because he was there when terry bradshaw was there and it was said that he was way better than terry bradshaw and you know so he started um he started the first six games of the season for the pittsburgh steelers um he was actually and he was featured on the cover of sports illustrated um, and, and in those first six games, he led the team to a four, one, one and one record, um, them tying one game. And then, you know, after uh, after the after the sixth week, you know, they were depending that Terry Bradshaw returns to the starting lineup. And, you know, he got all kind of death threats. It was racially charged. And before you know it, Terry Bradshaw became the starter. And uh, that, you know, that same year he uh he led the team in uh to a Super Bowl victory. No, I believe it. Actually, it wasn't that same year. Let me let me let me retract that statement. It wasn't that same year. Um he led them to a Super Bowl victory in 72 and 75.
2: So then, look, we're talking about um whether it's a level playing field. We're saying it's not. One of the comments that was made um by Linnea O'Neill, she's a senior writer for the Undefeated. She made a comment on the on the program and she said, Real equality is when you are able to have journeyman black quarterbacks. So when you're able to have a journeyman black quarterback,
1: that's real equality, is what she's saying. What do you guys feel about that? I'm gonna start by saying first off, the undefeated is like ESPN's black channel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like it is <laughs> <laughs> so like ESPN has like a little black channel Like you know what If y'all got some some hood shit y'all want to say And you know Our white viewers really don't turn to undefeated So just hide it in the undefeated mm-hmm. But uh, we'll take it though It's like BET for ESPN But uh, I like that shit though man It's real edgy um, And I feel that Like if you look at If you look at the NFL um, Who played this year in a playoff game, when um, Carson Wentz got hurt, it was Mc- Mc- McCown, right? Josh mm-hmm. McCown. Mm-hmm. How old is Josh McCown? He's in his forties. Yeah, he's like forty. He's a backup. 40. He's a backup in the NFL. He's a backup for a playoff for a playoff team. Are you fucking serious? Like you couldn't find a better backup than Josh McCown, who literally came out there. And it was only because of old age that he get destroyed. He got destroyed out there when uh, Wentz went down in the playoffs against Seattle. Couldn't make it happen. But he's white. They they like him from the hit from the neck up. Hey man, he's smart. He's a coach on the field. We can use him if we get into a tight spot. And when you needed this motherfucker, he couldn't do shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's a and it's a lot of nah for real. Matt Schaub is still on an NFL team.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: He still and and it's, it's really like, hey man, we hope we never have to use you. But bro, you're part of the club. Eventually you're gonna be a coordinator, eventually you're gonna be a head coach. So just sit on the sideline, pick up a clipboard, take notes, kind of coach the younger, the younger generation. Matt Shop, Josh McCown? I mean, I think if we if I just go through the list, it's a bunch of these motherfuckers out here collecting checks, never just hoping that they never get pressed into action. Like it's sad, actually, you know. But when we start seeing black backups, I, I, that'll be the day. You are starting to see it, you know. You got Teddy. Teddy was actually Teddy Bridgewater was actually a starter before he, uh, before he had that gruesome, uh, that gruesome injury. I think it was a, I think he he ripped his he ripped up his ACL MCL. He he, he got a couple couple things got 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 mm-hmm. jammed up. Um, and he came back as a backup. He got Tyrod. I think Tyrod was uh, backing up Philip Rivers with the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. But before that, he was putting in work with Buffalo. He was putting in work with Buffalo, and and he's Coach been
2: replaced Garrett. by a quarterback who. Runs. All he does is run. Yeah, all he does. Like, what are we doing? I I
0: I actually think that Teddy B is a. Uh, is a starter. I think he should be a starter in the league. And I think that he should get an opportunity.
1: He might. He probably will. Yeah, he might. But they might New in- I mean, um, New Orleans might push on from Drew Brees. Drew Brees is still mulling retirement. If he leaves, mm, uh Teddy Sean, B Sean Payton ain't letting that happen. No, no, no. I'm saying they don't want to pay him the money. He's 40 again for the last contract he negotiated, he had to fight with the Saints to get twenty million. Right now, the going rate is like thirty-two. Saints, you giving up thirty-two for forty-year-old Drew Brees? No. Teddy B been telling y'all, "Thanks for the opportunity," but if y'all not gonna pay me big money, I'm gonna go get me go. I'm about to go get some big money because when Drew Brees was out, I think Teddy B went. He went five and zero or six and zero. Yeah, six and zero.
2: But see, here's yeah. the here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna throw another name out there, Jacoby Brissett. Now, he was playing cool, but when he started having some hiccups, then it's like, uh, you know. And they kind of touched on that on the program too. Is that is the same thing going to happen? Let's say Teddy Bridgewater gets an opportunity to go play somewhere. Is the same thing going to happen with him? Oh, for sure. Right.
1: Sure. And that's the, that's the thing. Black folks, whether it's in coaching, whether it's at the quarterback position, you get one chance. If you don't come out, they said it's like it's no middle ground, right? It's either you're the fucking best of the best or, bro, you one step out the league. You can't be like Philip Rivers. If he was black, if Philip oh, Rivers was black. Yeah. he Would have been out of the league five years ago. Phillip Rivers would have been out of the league five years ago. Eli Manning Eli would have been out of the league five <laughs> years ago. But that, but it's but it's crazy though that you have white quarterbacks that are mediocre at best. So check this out though. Yeah,
2: you're and you're right. But let's look at this. So let's look at those mediocre guys who were on the sideline, rarely get in the game unless you're in a jam, need them in an emergency they're up under the coach, up under the coordinators, they they got the clipboard, they're helping call plays, doing all of this stuff. What do they eventually become? Head coaches. Head coaches. Coordinators. Jason Garrett. Right. <laughs> right. So 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 do you know do, do you know who made the point on the show? Victor Cruz. He said if you don't give black quarterbacks the opportunity to even be journeymen quarterbacks to stand on the sideline to hold these positions who are you giving the coordinator spots the coaching positions to these these quarterbacks who are on the sideline if you don't have if if in that pool there's no black folks to select from then you're not going to have black coaches he said he asked uh, a coach why are all the running back coaches black and he was like, listen to the question you just asked and you didn't yeah. answered it for yourself look yeah. all the running backs are black brother
1: yeah yeah and they they historically take the worst beatings in the NFL right. and not to remember I remember I was telling you about this um, uh, the quote that I had from earlier I found it so this is a quote. Racial and excuse me, clear your throat, brother. Racial antagonism should have no place in football, but unhappily, the millennium has not yet arrived. Unscrupulous opponents did their best to knock Brown's gritty colored star cold, they were out to get in quotations Pollard, and they weren't too particular with how they got him. No white man would have had to take the punishment Pollard did. This is from the New York Sun being reported in uh, 1928 at a Brown University game because Fritz Pollard played for Brown University. Yeah, No white man would have had to take the punishment Pollard did.
2: Yeah, and you know what? And And in today's world, no white man will be under as much scrutiny or under the same type of microscope that a black man would be. It's a yeah. different kind of way to look at it, but it's it's still
1: some same underlying things. But I read something where um, I think it was I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. Because Teddy Roosevelt, I don't know if you guys know, but I mean, obviously, while I did my um, while I did my research, Teddy Roosevelt had a lot to do with the with the um, evolution of football because I guess he had some. A few of his all of his sons played at um, either Harvard or Yale and but when football first came about, they were scared because they were having a lot of death. They were having they were dealing with a lot of death because there were just not as many rules and a lot of people were getting, you know, cerebral, just head damage and head trauma. So he put in a lot of the rules where you had to line up defensive line, offensive line. This fucking former president. So, um He basically, you know, he had a lot to do with the evolution of football. But one of the things that he said is that he wanted the quarterback position to mirror the president. Hmm. Like He wanted the quarterback position to be damn near presidential. Hmm. What do you know about the what do you know about the presidents in the United States? Well, I know he uh, he married
0: his cousin, didn't he? Eleanor Roosevelt.
1: <laughs> uh, going down that road, whites, What I'm saying is, all white, all white, right? So you think about it. You didn't get a black president until Barack. So if you're saying that you want the quarterback position to mirror the president, you said it all. Like, yeah, we love our black athletes. Those motherfuckers are fast. They're elusive. They're quick. That fast twitch muscle, you know what I'm saying? You know, that shit, they got all that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the quarterback position, we want cerebral, we want thinkers. And the funny thing is, the funniest thing is, we can go back to any conversation. I will always continue to have the same general, the same general, like the same general beliefs. No different than what I said about the, uh, the Oscars if you're going to take our shit anyway, give us credit for it. Because what you're going to start seeing is the white quarterback is going to just get athletic. Now you got Mm -hmm. the white, uh, uh, what's, what's my man from, uh, from Clemson. You talking about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence coming out of, uh, coming out of Clemson. All you're going to start seeing is when they start scouting, they're going to start scouting them from high school. They're going to start scouting them, you know, Get me. And again, you can't duplicate that speed that just comes naturally. It's God given. But just give me something like it. I just need somebody that's mobile, somebody can get out of the pocket when a pocket collapses on them and just make a throw or, you know, get us five or 10 yards. Don't be surprised if in the next five to 10 years you just start seeing the the college quarterback scene is going to be more of a mobile quarterback. But you're still going to have the white quarterback because I don't think. The NFL, maybe college. I I don't think the NFL is ready to just hand the league over and say, hey, man, in about 10 years, you're going to see 32 black dudes out there calling plays. No, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) I don't think so. But look, go ahead, Kevin.
0: It's not about the NFL being ready to hand it over. It ain't handing shit. We snatching it because we're better and it's evident now. It's all the way evident. And we're getting more and more opportunity. And shit, we're just taking advantage of the opportunity.
2: I was going to say, I think di-
0: we've been better for a while. And we're, th- and, we're, and we're diverse in what we do. You got, you know, you have the pocket passing black quarterbacks. You got the running black quarterbacks. You, you, just, you, you have the super athlete. You have the moderate athlete. You have just different stages of black quarterbacks.
1: Again, Kev, I, I feel what you're saying. But you got, it's a it's a it's a good old boy club, man. And if they don't change their thinking, you're not going to see black quarterbacks because they have been trained. They have been trained to believe that black cor- that black guys are not smart enough to play the position. There was a lot of people that quietly were happy. The way that Baltimore game turned out. Of course. Hey, we got it. We got a two for one. The guy that's parading around here saying he's MVP. New, the new and improved black quarterback got sent home. And in turn, the black running back. Who we want to continue for you guys to believe that's the only way. Bludgeon the fuck out of him for damn near 200 yards. Like hey, black kids, growing up, if you want to if you want to make it in the league, look at Derrick Henry, don't look at Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the road to success. And even with Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl, being the youngest Super Bowl MVP, there's a there's a certain quality to Patrick Mahomes that I think America appeals Appeals with you know appeals to then then Lamar Jackson right. You right. put Patrick Mahomes next to Lamar Jackson, I think America is okay with Patrick Mahomes. The- well,
0: yeah, I mean for one, his his mother's white,
2: uh, so of I'm, course. I'm yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. saying it subtly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, he's he he damn near looks racially ambiguous. Yeah. Right, the curly the curly hair. Yeah, like okay, yeah, we can, yeah, we can live with that. That's a nice little trade off. But what we can't have is the Florida boy. Boy, might he might braid his hair? You know, he might not. <laughs> he gonna pull up on us. You know, he his his uh his clothing brand. The logo is the uh is the African wild dog. He has the chain. You, I don't know if you saw him at the uh. At the NFL Honors Awards, he had the, the African wild dog on the back of his uh, on the back of his blazer. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Big as hell. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. that's what the NFL's not ready for. We can't have him saying at the end of the game, hey man, I'm going to Disney. I'm not going to Disney World. Like, nah, you can't <laughs> have that. They not hey, ready man. for that.
2: You know what's funny is um Geno Smith said the same thing. He said he dealt with something on that level where he was just being himself. Just like we're talking about Lamar Jackson being himself. He going up there just being himself, speaking the way he normally talks. You know, straight up Florida. That's that's where he, that's where he's from. That's what he represents. Geno Smith said they were calling him the hip hop quarterback. Wow. And he wasn't even putting on the image. It was he was just being himself and it it just wasn't good enough for them. That's not what they wanted.
1: And that's why I hated the fact that Cam that year that Carolina went I really wanted. I really wanted to see him win one. Yeah. When they uh, went against uh when they went up against Denver and they lost.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: because again, look at the black quarterback Since okay, take Doug Williams out. Who's won? is just Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, look at him. You can put them out in front of America. You can put them out in, fr- in front of America and say, "Hey guys, it's not that bad." Russell Wilson before you started dating sierra he was married to a white chick mhm hey but before i before i
2: forget this uban when you brought up um, your boy theo uh, roosevelt um, it made me think of politics and this was one of the things that i wanted to ask you guys about so deshaun watson i was happy to see him on the panel i was like hell yeah they got one of the young guns in this bitch representing But it got to a point they they started discussing Colin Kaepernick and Watson says he stays away from politics or religion. And his reason is because there can be, and, and the reason why I say Roosevelt, it made me think politics. So the reason he stays away from politics or religion is because there can be a right and a wrong, but that shit don't matter because everybody has an opinion. And you're basically fighting a battle that you can't really win. So his, he's not going to take the Colin Kaepernick stance and be a martyr. How do you guys feel about that?
0: I think I, I actually I think his answer was smart um, just to stay away from it. You, you're young. You're impressionable. Don't mess up your money. Now, that's not that's not something I would have did. But, you know, to each his own. If you're not ready to take on that fight, then 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 don't fake the funk. So if he wasn't ready to take on that, I'm I'm honestly glad that he stayed away from
1: it. DP, what a, I, I said it when we talked about the Colin Kaepernick thing and who's going to stand up, and who's going to jump out there, who's going to jump off the boat and say, hey, man, I, it's when again, Deshaun Watson is protecting his investment. He's protecting himself. Yeah, I'm not getting involved. I seen Colin Kaepernick money get fucked up. I'm not getting involved. You can't be mad until <clears throat> you get put in that room and somebody, whoever's advising you, is behind the scenes telling you, hey, man, you start talking that shit, man, you fucking up maybe like 100 M's.
2: Generational That's wealth.
1: Generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Deshaun, you can get out there and you can talk about, hey, man, the evolution of the black quarterback and da da da. Don't start jumping out on anything political because you're going to fuck up your bag. You in Houston, you in Texas, they, 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 they real big on politics. They real big on patriotism. They real big on a lot of shit down there. Don't fuck up your bag. So that's what I'm saying. Like until put me in that situation, man. I listen, man, you know, my, <laughs> my first, no, nah, no, nah, I'm serious. I can't, I'm never, I'm never going to jump out here and say, I'm definitively gonna take this stance because I have so much, you know. I I feel like this certain way. Hey man, if I looking over, and my seven year old, my eight year old, my, you know, however old however old he is at the time, my oldest son, my youngest son, they sitting there like, "Pops, we starving." Yeah, fuck y'all, man. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look out for this bag. Nah, straight up, I'm gonna have to look out for this bag first. First show, man. Were you like, ah? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> nah, real. <laughs> shit. Like, let me let me let me make that perfectly fucking clear for you. Like, my first, my first priority is me and my family. So I'm gonna make sure we good first. Now, if the bag is secured and there's nothing you could do to fuck with my bag, okay, that's when I'm gonna jump out. If you think about it, just look back the late great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant in the beginning of his career, he didn't jump out on shit. No. It wasn't until Kobe was about 15, 16, 17 years in the league. All of a sudden he starts speaking out on racial issues. He starts speaking out on social issues. He was, I'm, I'm solidified, homie. I'm five championships in like y'all motherfuckers can't take that from me. Y'all can't take this bag I'm getting from me. So like now I feel more comfortable jumping out and, and saying X, Y, and Z. But in the beginning of his career, Kobe didn't say none of that shit. You get what I'm saying? So it just depends on like, where are you in life and, you know, I'm I'm not mad at Deshaun Watson. He was, that was a big move just coming up there on the show. Period.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, okay. They're
1: talking about black quarterbacks, and you know it's going to be, you know, some topics are going to get brought up where it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable topics. And you were bold enough to be, you know, to be up there to represent the black quarterback. I'm not mad at you, you know. And let's not let's not at the end of the day, let's not act like Kaepernick ain't getting his bag. Kaepernick is playing the game. Yeah, that's a, that's
2: a different story.
1: Yeah. This a- Colin, Kaep- Colin Kaepernick knows now that at this point, the fact that he will never play football again is worth more to him than getting back on the field. XFL, what? baby. He'll never, <laughs> he'll, never it, he'll listen. The NFL would have to come out. Roger Goodell would have to jump on a podium and say, hey man, we're offering Colin Kaepernick a starting job with this team in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick, do you want it? And he turned it down for for them, you know what I'm saying, for them to have any kind of credibility. Because as long as Colin Kaepernick has a following, he has a base, he has some supporters, all he's going to do is just play the cat and mouse game with the NFL. They know he's playing the game. He know they playing the game. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, man. I'm just going to put out a couple tweets every now and again. I'm going to tell you I'm still working out. He will have speaking engagements netting six figures until he dies. He will. But what will be interesting is,
2: so this first week of the XFL was a success. I mean, it's not—it's not the NFL by any standard. Let's let's make that clear. But if it—but I'm just saying, if it catches a little bit of steam, you know, people are gonna be ca- like, "Hey, man, why don't you go to the XFL?" Look, you know, it's the yeah. spring, like oh. it's like G League. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's a, its what people are using to springboard themselves back into an NFL opportunity. But it's not be- a bad thing. It's—I don't think it's a bad thing.
0: The the they're gonna take a page out of the reporting from the XFL. Niggas is fumbling and the reporters is going up to the nigga. That's <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what's th- what's going through your mind right now? Hey, no, no, no. Like, see, but they they can do that as an experimental league. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of cool shit. Like, I sat down and watched a couple games with Austin. Um, and he didn't know anybody on the team, but he's just like, okay, cool. It's football. I want to watch it. They have Foxes really backing it. So you got the powerhouse. You got Foxes, powerhouse powerhouses backing it. They're trying to make sure that it doesn't fail. Oh, man, They're it winning. wasn't.
2: Listen, it wasn't bad, man. I'm telling you. I, I, yeah, I saw I saw a couple games. Wasn't bad. So, I mean, it's a, it looks like it's going to be a cool brand of football. You know, something to kind of wet you appetite until the nfl comes back so you know i think they they're gonna find their pocket and work it and maximize on the potential and it'll it'll it could be something that has some longevity if they work it the right way man what's up y'all thanks for tuning in to part one of rise of the black quarterback downfall of the black superstar next week we will be discussing the downfall of the black superstar in part two don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two ps and a bong that is the number two w-o-p-e-e-z a-n-d-a-b-o-n-g two peas and a bong that's our handle on ig twitter and facebook y'all thanks for rocking with us we'll catch y'all on the next one